Welcome to Amazon Seller Insights. This is a series where we chat with experts who are crushing it on Amazon or in the e-commerce space. And we're here to get some great insights, a few stories and some inspiration to help fuel your Amazon business. Looking for product ideas, for more traffic, for more customers, or ways to automate and scale? Our exclusive partnerships with Amazon.com and Alibaba.com integrated with our data-centric software toolset will help you hit your goals. Check us out at zongu.com and start your free trial right now. If you'd like to check out the video version of this episode, don't forget to go to YouTube, go to Seller Insights at Zonguru's channel, and that's Zonguru with a Z. I'm here with Jeff Lieber from Turnkey Product Management. Is that right? Yeah, it's a mouthful, but you nailed it. No, nailed it. Good. Uh, I'm glad to have you on today. Uh, and also, I'm glad that you're uh, just down in San Diego, very close to Los Angeles. We're on the same time zone. Uh, and uh, this is not super early in the morning for me, which is great. Uh, so, Jeff, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to jump in with you today, uh, specifically thinking about 2022, right? We're obviously in Q4 of 2021 right now as we speak, going into 2022. Um, you've got a lot of experience. One, having your own uh, FBA brand that you sold uh, in 2017. Uh, you've got obviously turnkey product management as an agency handling big brands. Uh, and there's been such a, a, a massive development in the last probably six to eight months with regards to mm -hmm. Amazon uh, you know, products and brands and, and how to really scale them. It's going to be really interesting to get your insights in, term, in terms of what's working, what's not working, um, and, and really setting up for 2022. So uh, very excited to have you on. Thank you, Jeff, for joining today. Yeah, it's an honor to be on your show. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. So, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's do the quick uh, one-two background story uh, of Jeff Lieber uh, and, uh, you know, how, how you got into the space and, and, you know, a couple of minutes is how you got to where you are today. Yeah, sure. So basically, uh, I was working a nine to five job out of college. It was a good first job out of college. Did that for five years doing consulting. And um, and then I've, I always wanted to try to start my own business. Didn't know what it would be. I was on all the marketing and entrepreneurship lists, you know, as a lot of us were and, you know, buying courses and <laughs> not doing anything with them. And then yeah. and then I saw the Amazon business model and and some trainings there. And, and that business model just made sense to me. It's like, yeah, I mean, if you can find an awesome product and buy it for X and sell it for Y and make a margin, then, you know, and that, that could be fun. It made sense to me, felt real. And uh, so I went for it. Um, took about six to nine months to figure, figure it out and choose my first product. And I bought a 20 foot container out of, of all products under the sun. I, I chose puppy training pee pads, those things that, uh, little squares that, that yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's a, it was a, I, if I could do it over again, I don't know if I would have picked that one, but, uh, to buy a, a $20,000 container as your first order, that was not the wisest choice, but I didn't know what I was doing. And I just jumped all in and kind of wanted to go all, you know, all in and be like, I'm just, you know, even if I lose money. I'm going to learn a lot. And it took almost a year to sell through that container, but it did sell and didn't like make any profit in the first year, but, um, but then launched a couple more products and car seat covers and, um, you know, just more products and then formed a partnership with my friend's dad. He launched, uh, he invented this really cool, uh, hundred foot ring launcher dog toy, uh, which is awesome called the hurricane nine. And so I helped him to do a Kickstarter and launch on Shopify and Amazon. And, um, you know, that was a good learning experience. And, uh, yeah, so then ended up, you know, selling, you know, 
having success with those brands. And, um, and then my friend, uh, from college, he, uh, invented some bottle opener sunglasses, which are, uh, really, really handy and cool party <laughs> trick. And, uh, and he, he, they were having great success on Kickstarter, Shopify, and, uh, and, but they were not doing well on Amazon. They were trying to do it themselves, but just didn't have the time and weren't seeing success. So they asked me for some tips, asked me to do it. They offered to pay me to do it. I was like, sure, I guess. And so I started doing that and grew them to six figures pretty quickly on Amazon. And then they referred a few friends who were for free to a few friends. And then all of a sudden I had all these uh, things that I just mentioned, managing all of it at once with a very small team. And all I wanted was my nine to five job back. <laughs> so I was like, well, this backfired a bit. And uh, so then I decided, you know, as a life decision, I need to to focus in and what do I, what do I like doing the most? What do I want to do? And uh, I really enjoyed wor- working with other brands that had awesome products. I wasn't a great inventor or idea of product person, but I loved Amazon. I love marketing. I love PPC ads, you know, all, all that good stuff. So I ended up selling out of all my all those businesses and, and selling them, um, you know, within a matter of a year, uh, which was great to get you know that cash, and then uh, moved on to like you know named the agency officially Turnkey Product Management and hired my sister, hired my cousin, and hired some of their friends, and just kind of grew a scrappy bunch of uh, awesome team members, and uh, now we've got over twenty three team members uh, at Turnkey, and you know working dozens of niches and. Yeah, I've uh, had a lot of success with with other brands on Amazon. Cool story, cool cool story. I think I think the theme there is is just this 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 willingness to learn. Um, you know, go all in. Um, you know, try things and uh, and and just progress, right? And I think I think that's it's interesting because um, you know, there's so many similarities there with, with people who are starting on Amazon and you know, thinking they have to have it all figured out before they really just jump in. And, and, and it's really about just jumping in, you know, and, and you'll figure it out as you go as well. So super cool, man. Congratulations. And, uh, you know, there's some really big wins there, you know, obviously growing your first few Amazon businesses and then selling them, uh, which, which is a massive, um, milestone for, for any, um, you know, uh, entrepreneur, and then uh, and then obviously starting starting the agency and growing that to, to a full fledged business right now. Um, what, what kind of, what kind of, um, clients do you have, uh, as part of the agency right now, uh, in, in terms of, uh, you're not, not specific niches. You don't have to reveal that if you don't want to, but, but more, um, you know, the kind of size of, of what they are. Um, just to get an insight on, on how, how the playing field is and how it's changing around brands and, and, and what's happening in that space. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, as far as that goes, I mean, it, it ranges quite a, quite a bit, you know, basically any physical product brand, we're not doing books, we're not doing things right. like that, but physical product brands. Um, and as far as like size, like the most ideal client, they tend to be between, they're already doing a million bucks and 10 million bucks a year, like as a business, as a whole, maybe yeah. they're on Shopify, Amazon, maybe some retail, et cetera. Um, so that's like the, the super sweet spot where we can really help them like, you know, cause they've already proven that they've got a great product and got mm-hmm. got a bit of an audience or something that we could work with. So that's our super sweet spot where we can really quickly, you know, add some firepower to the, uh, to the mix and, and scale them quickly. Um, but with that being said, we've also worked with some brands that, you know, started out at, at much smaller levels or they were just launching, but they took it very seriously. They treated it as a serious business. They understood, you know, brand building and building an audience and um, all of that. And so those clients that maybe started from zero, but they really like went into it with a, 
you know, an aggressive mindset and understanding the principles that need to happen. And so we've been able to take some from zero to, you know, six and seven figures, um, you know, within a year or two, but, um, but yeah, that's kind of hopefully answers that. Cool. So, so there's a few things I think we, we, we want to cover right now, which is, which is a little bit of like what's working right in, in 2021. Um, and then, and then develop that conversation to, to what are the insights uh, and, and things to focus on in 2022. So I want to get to that in a second, but um, maybe on the one, on the what's working side, that specific use case of you saying, Hey, um, we, we're taking some brands that are, that are zero or, or not doing wonderfully or, or just started. Right. And then, and then growing them to six figures. That's obviously a really, really cool insights, which is very applicable to a lot of our audience, which are like, Hey, I have a brand, maybe it's flat. Maybe I just launched. How do I scale that? So, so what's working around that? We're like, what, what's, what's the, what's the secret source there in, in terms of, you know, the, the consistent improvements to get them, get them to six figures at least. Right. I think that's, that's a huge milestone for a lot of listeners. Yeah, sure. So number one is, is obviously picking the right product niche, um, you know, making sure that uh, you're checking, you know, the jungle scouts, the helium tens of the world, uh, you know, the uh, and zone gurus of the world to make sure that the niche is is right, right? Like the number one seller in that space should be, you know, selling at least say 250k, something like that. Like what's sort of your barometer of what you think is like a worthwhile niche? I just want to pause and ask you real quick. Yeah, I think, I think, um, from our side, there's kind of four key things that that go into that validation, right? Which is which is one demand. How much demand is there? How much competition is there? Um, you know, how much budget do you have to actually launch a product? And then finally, what kind of revenue potential you can make? So those are the four things that we judge it on. Um, and then obviously the fifth one is 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 the big one, which is which is how do we how do you actually differentiate to connect and do it better than 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 others, right? So I think those are the four the five key metrics that you need to answer or the, the questions you need to answer. But yeah, I would say within within page one, you know, of, of any keyword that you're searching on, uh, there needs to be. Uh, and obviously, it depends on market, right? But if we say USA specific, there need to be a few that are doing, you know, over fifty to one hundred grand, uh, you know, a month, um, but not too deep, right? So you don't want like the whole page of everyone doing fifty, hundred, whatever, you know, you know that kind of grand. So, so, so there's there's demand, but it's not oversaturated. Is is kind of the key? Yeah, no, that that's perfect, and that that's like that maps up with you know, what we advise brands as well when they when they come to us. So one is obviously make sure you've got a good product fit. I love that you mentioned the differentiation. You gotta, you can't just sell a super, you know, plain uh, copycat that just is not going to cut it on Amazon. You gotta make something different, something better about the product. And then, um, you know, from there, you know, ideally you're, you're also building an audience, whether it's, you know, and play to your strengths. If you're good at, you know, building a Facebook group or building a, email list or, you know, whatever, wherever your customers would hang out and what, whatever you, you feel comfortable spending your time kind of building that list and building some pre-hype before the launch of a product, um, that really helps the launch go, go well. If you just throw it up on Amazon, even if your page is super optimized, it's not just going to like skyrocket to the top of, of page one, uh, naturally. Um, and then getting those initial reviews, obviously reviews have gotten a lot harder over the years to get. Um, one change that's happened uh, very recently was Amazon Vine reviewer program. Mm. In uh, 
actually this month we're recording this in uh, you know mid October. So it's this month that it's changing where it used to be free, but now that I believe they're charging two hundred dollars per product, um, which I think is still absolutely worth it. And that's a great way to get you you know um, basically it'll help you get your first thirty reviews um, on a product. So that's a great place to start. Um, to get those reviews because, you know, you need that social proof um, and it's hard to get, you know, and, and Amazon tracks things like, um, you know, you don't want to have, <laughs> if you live with your your parents, for example, you don't want to have your your mom and your dad and your little brother buy your product and leave you, you know, four different reviews. Like that's the fastest way to get you suspended or banned because Amazon tracks the IP addresses. So, you know, the, 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 the immediate friends and family where you're sharing Wi-Fi is not a good good idea um, for sure. And so, um, so yeah, getting those reviews. But again, that's where if you have an audience off of Amazon that you help build, even if it was only 100 people or 500 people, whatever you have, um, you, you know, if you communicate with those customers off of Amazon, that can really help you to, you know, ask for honest product feedback and, you know, get some true honest feedback and then ask them, hey, like, would you mind also just putting that on Amazon? You know, we just launched and we need that, those reviews to, uh, you know, help compete against the big brands. So yeah, so once you get that, um, and then the other thing, obviously, is you, you really need a, a well-optimized page, um, which, you know, obviously the basics of having, using all the image slots and um, great sales copy, um, nice A-plus content. Um, and then videos has become a lot more beneficial and important and, and prevalent on Amazon. A lot of our clients that come to us, that, like some of these guys are doing a million, two, two million bucks a year, and they still don't have video on all their product listings. And uh, so that's that's one of the lowest hanging fruits that we see to to just add to a listing. Um, e- even if you just want to throw together like a, a slideshow video, if you don't have much of a budget to to do it, like any sort of video, like people customers will watch it. You know, they they like seeing the video, and you can communicate uh, more about the product or demonstrate it, how it works, uh, the benefits, all that good stuff. So video is is really really powerful. Um, and then Amazon PPC ads um, is, is the other engine that you know you want to launch after you get at least three or five reviews. That's usually enough to kick on the ads because Amazon's ads are just they can be so targeted and, and give you that initial traffic. Um, and, and that's what, a lot of what we do as well with our clients is we, we manage the ads for them. Hey, if you want to connect with us on social channels, check us out at Zonguru for Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Check us out right now at Zon Guru. From your perspective, right? If when you let's say instead of launching, um, you know, a, a brand, someone's come to you and they're like, "Hey, we're doing sales on Amazon," and you you take it on, and you say, "Okay, cool, we're gonna we're gonna work on it, optimize it, scale it," right? Um, from those different strategies and tactics and channels, right? What 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 is what do you believe to be? the most impactful on, on helping to truly drive sales from your experience across, uh, you know, the various accounts that you've worked on, you know, obviously there's, there's on-page optimization, which is listing images, video. Um, and then there's paid, right. Uh, paid channels. And then there's off Amazon traffic, uh, and strategies around that. When you, when you look at a business and you're like, okay, they've, we need to scale them and, and you start doing all of these pieces for them as turnkey product management. What are the, what, what would you say is the, is the ones that are the, the, the most impactful on driving the revenue and sales? Yeah. I mean, from our side, we see Amazon pay-per-click ads is 
absolutely a, a big driver of it. And then once we start seeing some success with the PPC ads, then we'll start launching Amazon DSP ads, which, um, you know, which is for those that don't know, it's, it's still owned by Amazon. It's, it's just Amazon's sort of a different, um, you know, uh, ad platform. It's more of a display, display ad type network um, called demand side platform. And, uh, and those ads can also be, and there's less competition over there. Not, not as many sellers are using those types of ads. And there's a lot of different cool stuff that you can do with those ads, like uh, just really extensive, like retargeting windows. And uh, you could follow people around even when they're off of Amazon, um, you know, browsing on their, their phones on other websites or on other apps, you can be, you know, showing retargeting ads to them off of Amazon. So uh, the Amazon ads realm, I think is like, if you can dial it in and be profitable, um, you know, we can keep scaling that. And that, that's a really predictable way to grow. Um, obviously not the only way to grow. Ideally, you want to have multiple traffic sources that are making an impact um, on the sales. You, you mentioned the conversion. If you don't have a high converting page, you're, all the strategies in the world, all the fancy ads, perfect whatever, it's you have such a low ceiling on where you can go or, or you might fail if you have a, a crappy low converting page and no reviews. So you really need to build that foundation first before getting fancy and contacting big influencers to send traffic and blah, blah, blah. Like all those things are great, but you got to have that foundation first. Yeah. And, and, and maybe talking a little bit more, you've kind of touched on a lot, a lot of things that you need to get right. Right. But, but maybe a couple of things that, that you see that, that are, that, are good, that people get wrong, right? Uh, what, what, what are the big things that really impact the, the, the non-success of an Amazon business? <clears throat> is, it, is it inventory, um, poor inventory management? Is it, is it obviously, um, you know, poor pricing strategies, conversion strategies? What, what, what do you see it as? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to make sure I, I cover this. So one thing that we've, for whatever reason, in the last few months, like we've had a number of, of sellers approach us, want, want to work with us, but we couldn't do much because they didn't follow this step. So if you're just starting out and you're launching a brand new brand, um, Amazon brand registry is now like more important than it, than it's ever been, um, in my opinion. Mm. And because Amazon brand registry, when you register your brand and say, Hey, Amazon, like I am Jeff Lieber products or whatever, whatever, you know, your brand name is, you know, that's mine. I own that. No one else does. Here, here's my trademark. Here's my evidence of that. Then you have so much more control over your brand and it unlocks all of these cool futures um, that, that, you know, gives you more tools in your tool belt to become a powerful seller on Amazon. And, um, but they require a trademark typically in order to, to get it. And so a lot of people, they don't have a trademark and then they just go try to file it themselves or through legal zoom or whatever, using their own uh, attorney. But that can take sometimes six to 12 months to, to get that approved. And so that whole time, you probably won't be able to get access to Amazon brand registry. So one, one workaround that we've, that we've seen work, it may not work every time, but we've seen it work is called Amazon IP accelerator. If you just Google it, Amazon IP accelerator, um, that is basically Amazon's uh, intellectual property, you know, recommended resources, where if you go use one of their resources to file that trademark and, you know, submit your stuff, um, Amazon, seem, they just, they trust their providers so that like, and because they trust them, they will fast track you. So even though you may not have an approved trademark, we've seen you be able to get access and approved to Amazon brand registry 
sometimes within like two weeks from the time that you've done that. And, um, but if you've already, but if you miss that step and file it already mm-hmm. with, with an attorney, you're kind of stuck typically. Like you might be able to find a workaround, but you might have just lost freaking nine months, which can really devastate your, your plans and in your business. So just want to make sure to cover that. Yeah. But absolutely. have you heard, have you heard about that or seen that? I have. And, and, um, you know, I, I think the other way to do that is just to go through the, the set essential app store, right? And they've got preferred vendors within there. Um, and they have people who do trademarks there. You can, you can typically use those and, and they, they, they verify partners in, the, in probably the same way, um, as going to that URL. So, um, yeah, we, we see that, um, you know, you can get brand registry access even without your trademark completely finalized. Um, if you go through the, through the right channel. So yeah, very, very good tip there. Um, good. Yep. So, so, so kind of moving into 2022, what, what do you see as, as kind of the areas to focus on, you know, what's working, um, and, and what do you need to kind of continue with to really grow, uh, in, in 2022? Yeah. So I think, um, one thing that we that we always see work our, our best clients that we've ever had even from the beginning with this will continue to work is they're building a brand of products a product suite not just one hero product or just one product or two products like start thinking about what additional products can I launch in this year um, that serve the same customer so that you can increase the lifetime value of your customer because again with these Amazon ads like that that we're running like Amazon's coming out with new types of ads all the time where you can target like, Hey, anyone that bought, you know, my yoga mat, I want to advertise my yoga block to them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many new cool ways to, to help cross promote and, and uh, launch those. And um, you know, if you're a, if you're a one product company that only sells a yoga mat and you're competing against, you know um, a 10 product company, that's got 10 different yoga products and they've got, yoga trainings and digital products on the back end and affiliate products. And that, you know, they've got Shopify, you know, their lifetime value of a customer might be $200, right? You, you might only be selling a $50 yoga mat where your profits, maybe 20 bucks, right? 25, whatever it is. And that they'll be able to outmarket you out advertise you and, and, and beat you all, all day long. If you just have that one product. Um, so I know that's a, you know, more of a basic fundamental. It's not like a new sexy thing, but uh, a lot of people come to us with only one, one or two products. And, you know, one of the things we'll help oh, think, them do is identify what are those next products. And that's where software like yours really helps nail that in too. No, I think that's a, that's a really good insight, especially taking the perspective of saying, Hey, um, it's all about, um, you know, it, it's the fundamental of customer acquisition cost, right? Um, and if your lifetime value on your on your product is fifty bucks because you're only selling one product. You know your customer acquisition costs. Um, you know it, 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 it's um, it's going to be less than that, right? Um, for you, obviously, to make a profit. But if your customer acquisition costs because you have created a brand where you've sold them on one product, you drive them to the website, they can buy other products, or you they can bundle them, or um, you know, the, 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 they come back, there's repeat purchases, all that kind of stuff. And you can drive that up to 150 bucks. Obviously you have more to spend up front. And when you're competing against big brands, having that money to spend is huge. So I think the insight there around, um, this idea of ROI and, and customer acquisition costs, um, and managing your business based on that, which pays into paid mean and everything else is, is a, is a really important insight. And just the benefit of saying, Hey, if you build a brand and you build a, 
um, you know, an ongoing engagement with those customers, um, you can effectively market at a higher price point and, and do well. So a really good insight. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And then um, as well, you know, I, I do think that trying to expand, if you're only on Amazon, for example, like try to go multi-channel, try to go onto Shopify it tends to be the most popular one we've seen from with our clients, but I know there's other good e-com sites, but um but yeah, you know, just it creates you a more sound, profitable business by having that extra channel. It's more sellable. You're going to get a higher multiple if you were to sell your business. And then, you know, sometimes Amazon does weird stuff, right? Where the customer complains about a wrong, you know, mislabeling or, you know, wrong product, whatever. Your listing goes down for the day or maybe for the week or two weeks, right? And it takes some time to get it back up. And if you don't have a Shopify site or something to sell as a backup, you know, your sales go to zero on that product. Um, so I think going multi-channel um, is important. You need to you know, make sure you have the team in place to, to do that. Obviously, you don't want to spread yourself too thin or do it too early. I'm just saying like, hypothetically, you want to get to that point where you've got the team in place where someone can manage Shopify, someone's managing Amazon, so you can keep focusing on product development or um, you know, what, whatever you know, your strengths are as, as the business owner in the business. Um, and then I think we already touched on a little bit, but video uh, not only helps your, you know, adding conversion rate boost to your listing, but you can also repurpose those videos uh, for Amazon video ads. And, and, you know, video ads have become a lot more prevalent and uh, Amazon's, you know, making them a, a lot more popular and not, not as many people are running uh, video ads yet. And so there's less competition, there's lower cost per clicks and, you know, lower ACOS on those types of ads. And I just think, you know, video is, is, is the, you know, the, the future as opposed to static images. So if you haven't done it yet, just start, just, you know, come up, like, even if you, there, there's free video editing software, so you can hire someone off of Fiverr. You know, we, we have someone in house that does it for our clients, but you can do it however, however you want, uh, but you can literally do it for free um, to make a, even a crappy video is better than no video on your, on your page. Sometimes they even do better than the fancy, fancy, fancy videos, you know? So um, I think in, investing in some video, even if it's free, but just put your time in, um, or you, know, you can hire someone for a couple hundred bucks to get a, a really great video made that you can then put on your social media, on email, on your website, on your Shopify, on Amazon. Like, think of video as an asset that you can disperse for years. Um, yeah. So, those are a couple things that come to mind. Alrighty, if you'd like to check out the video version of this episode, Go to youtube.com, check out Zonguru's channel under Seller Insights, and you can get it right there. It's Zonguru with a Z. The last one I'd love to touch on a little bit is, is and I don't know if this is covered in turnkey product management, but, you know, inventory management from a, from a, you know, I think that's one of the biggest pinch points of 2021 is, is you know, obviously supply and demand getting, you know, we, we know out of, outside of Long Beach right now, there's this gazillion shipping containers just waiting <laughs> to come in. You know, there's this big Christmas pinch that's, that's, that's upcoming. What, what, what do you see as, as um, kind of some key aspects of, of, of inventory supplier management um, that are critical to get right and, and, and something to carry over into 2022? Yeah, this year has been crazy for for our clients. Um, you know, everyone's feeling the the effects of the supply chain. We've had uh, a couple of clients that simply, you know, their suppliers got bottlenecked and they ran out of inventory. And 
um, or shipping delays, you know, all these different things. And so we've had some clients have to pause, you know, with us and say like, we're out of inventory and I don't know when we're going to get it back in stock. So we have to have to pause. So we've actually lost some clients, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully just temporarily. Uh, one client actually went out of, out of business. They chose just to cease operations because they were tired of trying to figure it out. Um, so yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't have inventory to sell, your sales are zero. And, right. um, and so um, as far as inventory, um, yeah, I mean, we could talk for an hour, an hour on, on that, but you could, uh, but talk with your suppliers, like over communicate with the suppliers, try to build that relationship. When I had my own business, I actually visited my supplier in, in China and went to the Canton Fair. And, you know, that was when I really, that helped take our relationship next level. I got better prices, but even, I mean, now with COVID, it's obviously a lot harder to do that. Um, and so, but even just like getting on a call with them, like asking to speak with the owner or whoever, you know, high, higher up people there just to build that relationship, show them like, Hey, we're, we're working together. I want to grow. What, you know, what can we do? Like try to really treat them with respect and, and, you know, reason with them and say, what can we do to make sure we don't run out of inventory? If you are coming from, from China, uh, you know, Chinese new year is coming up or yeah. Uh, Chinese new year is coming up, right. Where they basically shut down for a month. I think it's in, in February. Right. Um, and so you need to, forecasting your inventory is a critical, critical part of that. And, um, you know, so using whether you use software or spreadsheet or whatever you use, um, you know, that's where some of our, our, our clients, you know, we've helped them to, to project their inventory and, you know, look at the, the sales trends and, oh, Q4 is our biggest quarter. Okay. Well, we need to, you know, how much more do we need to order? Is it typically a 50% bump, you know, or, you know, uh, so, so really like getting, getting that dialed in. And, and cause if you run out of stock out of inventory, it's not just your sales go to zero, but your momentum on Amazon, you know, get, get, gets down to zero and you can fall off of page one if you were there and you may not come back for a, a long time. You know, it doesn't just put you right back where, where you left off three months ago when you get back in stock. So, um, do it just really making sure someone on your team or agency or whoever is working with you, or you got a really great software that can project um, inventory by SKU. And if you're on multiple channels, it's even harder, but you have, you have to have someone doing that, right? How many do we need for Shopify? How many do you need for this? Uh, what if we're doing a Black Friday deal? What if we're doing uh, you know, a New Year's sale? You need to forecast those things. And if you don't like doing it, you need to hire someone to do it. But I'd like to hear if you have anything else to, to add to that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's interesting that you went... Uh, straight to relationship on that and and it's something that i've always kind of spoken about right which is which is you know treat your your supplier as a as a business partner um to to obviously mutually get to a specific goal rather than just the supplier um and 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 have no respect for that relationship and uh, i've had a few conversations this side of the year on both sides some people going hey john thank you for that like you know some of those critical things that I did when I launched my product, like going back to them and saying, Hey, you know, instead of charging, instead of fighting on price saying, Hey, if I give you a little bit extra, what could you do more, you know, and, and, and changing that relationship around. So they truly see it as like, um, you know, th- this, this, this mutual drive towards creating an amazing product and, and benefiting both, um, versus driving someone on price, treating them like, you know, the proverbial shits and, and, and just, just, you know, drive them to the ground. And, I've had it on both sides where people are like, Hey, you know, because of that relationship, I managed to get stock when no one else could or, or, um, the opposite. Hey, no matter, you know, I've been such a big supplier with these guys, but they just give me nothing. Right. Because, 
yeah, they just don't value the relationship. And 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 China specifically value that relationship more than 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 most uh, business relationships. It, it really does boil down to relationship, uh, even even sometimes above money. So uh, I think I think that's a really good insight. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, one, I, other, I, one other thing I've just thought of is uh, is like if your supplier says, "Oh, sorry," like if they say we're we can't produce for delayed four months, you know, ask them why like uh, you know have a conversation just literally ask like so what is the holdup are you out of an ingredient you know we had one supplier that uh they realized you know when they asked the question why and you know they they were building a whole um a nutrition product but the supplier couldn't they were out of uh, i think it was baking powder maybe it was flour i forget it was like one of those simple ingredients and they, they were delayed and were like sorry we're, we're out of it and then so they said well what if what if I found a different flour supplier and had them ship <laughs> ship flour to you and we'll buy it separately? And then they got a, a cost savings, obviously, too. It was almost ended up being the same price. And, you know, that, that ended up solving the problem for them. Sometimes you just got to have that conversation. Yeah. Be resourceful and creative. I 100% agree. It's the same kind of thing of like when you go to supply and you say, hey, I saw all of these products that you that you sell in your catalog and they will talk about that all day. But it's only if you ask them, you say, Hey, what is, what do you have that's not on the catalog that it opens up this other area of conversation and, and <laughs> stuff. So it's, it's very, it's very much that way with, with, um, you know, manufacturers is, is you've got to ask the questions why. And as soon as you open that door, they'll speak all day about that and give you the option, but they won't really open that door until you ask, you know, so, uh, that, that's fascinating. I think, you know, it'll be like, Oh, we're holding up shipment for, for six months and you're like, okay. And if you ask why, it's like, oh, because we don't have the blue color for your packaging. And you're like, well, you can use red, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's kind of like, I totally get that. And I, I think the last thing I'll just say on inventory management, just before we wrap up is, is um, is yeah, you, you know, I, I think um, understanding your numbers, right? And, and it always goes back to the numbers because of the changes in price, you know, how does that affect your, the price that you charge, your profits, your margins, and then balancing that with like, making this the decision you know do we continue this way uh, and stay in stock or or do we do we pause and focus on profits and margins so i think it's a it's a really important piece to to just continually update and and reforecast your numbers based on what's happening right now because obviously it's 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 massive and it's it's changing a lot so um you know truthfully i don't really know the answer at the end of the day is like going into q4 uh, and there's going to be such a massive um supply problem versus demand you know do you truly kind of focus on on your margins and and making as much as you can with the stock that you have or or um you know eating away at some of your your margin to ensure that you can get stock in um you know i i don't, I don't know which way i'll swing right now i'd probably lean towards just saying hey as, as long as i can stay as much in stock as possible it's probably gonna be better than 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 this you're just focusing on margins right now Mm -hmm. Yeah, or find additional suppliers as backups. You know, that, that's another yeah. thing that some of our clients had to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, good stuff. So, uh, Jeff, really good to connect. I'm sure we're going to have a lot more uh, conversations in the future. I'd love to come on your podcast. Um, it's uh, it's super cool talking to you. I think, uh, you know, your story is very similar to mine. And I think the way you think about things is very similar to to, to how I think about it. And um, I'm glad that you're, you're being really successful with um, your your consulting agency at the moment. How do people get in touch of you in touch with you and, and what's what's the start to that process? Yeah, likewise, John. Thanks for having me on. And uh yeah, just 
Um, you can go over to turnkeyproductmanagement.com slash resources. We have like over a thousand dollars of, of, uh, free stuff that's basically designed to help you to grow your business. Uh, there's product listing optimization checklists and, um, all sorts of cool little tools and tricks. Um, or if you're ready to, uh, talk with us, we're happy to hop on a quick call with, with people that are, you know, serious about wanting to grow on Amazon and we'll look at your business and figure out where you are, where you want to go and, uh, see if it makes sense for us to, to work together. And, uh, but either way, you'll always learn something on, on that call for sure. And, uh, yeah, just head over to turnkeyproductmanagement.com slash resources. But, uh, yeah, thanks so much for having me, man. It was awesome to, uh, to meet finally. Yeah. For sure, man. Very good. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll chat soon. Thank you so much for coming on and best of luck for uh, 20, well, best of luck for 2021 Q4 for sure. And then going to 2022. Likewise. Hey, hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to check out more episodes, be sure to go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts and subscribe today. Many episodes to check out.